comes all places together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story called Chosen Family. I'm Pastor Colleen, the pastor here at All Places Together, and today's episode brings us to the center of the Make the Yuletide Gay series. Pastor Katie of Technicolor Ministries is here with us to have a conversation about Chosen Family, one of the most powerful and queerest things about Christmas. Yes, the family that you are born into matters. It impacts how your body and mind work, and your interaction with your born-into family, or lack thereof, shapes your early development in profound ways. It's the start of your life's journey. The people and the things you experience together matter. The family that Jesus was born into matters, too. The opening of the Gospel of Matthew goes through the genealogy of Jesus. The people and stories of his ancestors shaped who people expected Jesus to be and also what he would ultimately become. Yet family is not only the family that you are born into or who you parent. Family is also the people you choose to go through life with. Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, chose each other in profound ways when they could have walked away. Moreover, Jesus chooses each of us, wherever, whoever, and however we are, to be in his family of faith. I hope the following conversation helps you expand your understanding of what it means to be family, renew your appreciation for the chosen family that you have, and perhaps inspire you to deepen the relationships with friends into chosen family. And of course, to help make your Yuletide gay. Let's begin the conversation with getting a good working definition of what it means to be chosen family. Katie, so how would you explain to someone, like, what's the difference between someone who you consider a close friend and someone you consider chosen family? I know for me, uh, close friends, I can tell a lot of things too. I can... Uh, spend a lot of time with, but for me, chosen family are the drop everything at 3 a.m., the people that I need, uh, or the people that I can literally tell anything to. Um, those are the ones that, that I feel like, cool, we have this, this energy drive that I can trust you with my whole world without issue. That's chosen family. I think that emergency piece is definitely something that comes to mind when I think about chosen family, like especially as we are starting to build a chosen family here in Virginia of the the people that you can call during an emergency and are just going to show up and drop the things and like come into the chaos and you're not feeling like you're like nobody feels like they're being put out. It's just like of course I want to do this for you. Like this is, this is who we are to each other. Right. Absolutely. It's that, that, uh, self-giving love that you, you just do the thing. It's, it's not a question. It's not a burden. It's just the way you care for that person. Um, yeah, I totally resonate with that. 
I think that's a really solid working definition to help us kind of be able to frame the conversation. And the next move we want to make then is directly to the Bible, because chosen family as being the defining piece of what it is to make the Yuletide gay is kind of like the the main biblical argument that we want to kind of make through this series. And so it's really important for both of us um, to kind of ground this in the Christmas narrative uh, to to see what chosen family looks like in a biblical sense and to see how queer Christmas really is. So we're going to start with hearing uh, Mary's portion from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. And I'll be reading from Wilda Gaffney's A Woman's Lectionary for the Whole Church Year W. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee, Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the name of the virgin was Mary. And the angel came to Mary and said, Rejoice, favored one, the Most High God is with you. Now she was troubled by the angel's words and pondered what sort of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God, and the Sovereign God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his sovereignty will have no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have not known a man intimately? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit, she will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now Elizabeth, your kinswoman, has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for she who was called barren, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the woman slave of God. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Here ends the reading. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've read this story in my life, like a lot, at least seven times publicly as a pastor. I've been ordained eight years this month. And this is the first time I've read it in this translation. And when I was typing it out for the first time, I just loved that explicit connection of the Holy Spirit being a she and how queer it is in this story. Um, I regularly use pronouns, she, her pronouns for the Holy Spirit, but just the the Holy Spirit, she will come upon you. That was like really stunning to me. Is that something that you've made that connection before, Katie? Yeah, it was actually in a, a meme a long while back where uh, it was a nativity set that had been placed out in somebody's yard and they accidentally got two of them. So what they did was they gave Jesus two dads in one set and Jesus two moms in another. And so the connection of like, you have Mary and the Holy Spirit, these two incredible feminine uh 
pieces of the world of faith uh, that are both mothers of Jesus in a way is, is totally fascinating. And then on the flip side that you have God, who we typically think of in an incredibly masculine way, which we should not do so exclusively, but we do. So there we are. Uh, you have well, like Jesus kind of- calls God father. So. Right. Right. Like, <sighs> yeah, we can, we can bite that maybe God is male, but, uh, you have this kind of masculine energy of God anyhow that, then you have also Joseph. And so you have the two dads of Jesus and the two moms of Jesus. And it's this like fabulously queer, multi-parented family um, that it's, it's so indicative of queer life today and the way we build and structure our families uh, in similar unique ways. That is the best use of a double order from an online pickup probably that I've ever heard. That's just delightful. Right? Theologically and politically, it, it makes a statement. Yeah. Well, and I think what's one of the pieces that's so powerful about the Luke narrative here is the stunning contradiction to that Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? Is we read here in Luke, yes, Mary knew, like the angel came and said all of these things. Right. And not only did Mary know, but Mary says yes to this, that she says, let it be with me according to your word, that she consents here and she chooses this. Absolutely. And it says so much. I mean, we can debate for time immemorial how much you could really say no to God, right? But That's fair. um, Like a power dynamic there is pretty intense. Right. Like just taking all things into consideration, that might be difficult, but she maintains her faith, whatever that means for her. And she consents to this interaction, which builds for her a whole family and builds for the human society at large for generations, a whole family. Um, so she consented to, to so much more than I think she even possibly could have realized no matter what the angel said. Yeah. And I think the, the powerful connection too of her of her blood of her biological blood relative Elizabeth being her kinswoman who is pregnant as well. Um, I imagine that must have been like a comfort to her to know that she wasn't alone in like God's plan and that she was gonna have someone to go and talk to. Um, they are cousins or kinspeople, but I imagine like Mary's parents were probably mad or upset about this, <laughs> like a lot of scandal. And so I think the choosing that Mary does of Elizabeth is really beautiful as well. Absolutely. And I think it it just occurred to me the way that we do this in queer culture, too, um, especially I think for people who are going through some level of transition you look to people who are also transitioning or have transitioned ahead of you. And, you know, those are kind of your, your cousin, right. Who also have this wild and crazy thing going on. And somehow that like, wow, this insane thing is happening for you too, is this incredible comfort um, and a guide forward. And so it's kind of a, an interesting parallel relationship there um, between queer folks and our role models and Mary and Elizabeth. And that Elizabeth is still in the thick of it, too. Right. Right. That Elizabeth, like she's still pregnant. She hasn't given birth yet. There's still all of these unknowns like childbirth is still 
dangerous, is just as dangerous now as it was then. Um, So there was really no guarantee about how this was all going to play out for Elizabeth. But even still, like in her own space of of going through this that she is there for Mary and and you can read more about their interaction in the second chapter of Luke if you've not read that really would encourage you to keep reading that story it's a good one absolutely worth reading oh it's like really one of my favorite stories in the whole bible truth be told it's and- one of the few we have of like women helping women other than then um, we have Ruth. That's kind of a, a different turn on that as well. But there, there are only a few, and that's one of the big ones. Well, and that their words get written down and remembered and connected and are central in the in the salvation of the world. It's beautiful. Absolutely, I love it. And as you were saying as well, like that piece about for folks who are going through transition, finding people who have also transitioned or are transitioning. Um, I have not gone through that transition. I don't think that that's part of my identity, but I feel that on a certain level of like coming out as a late bloomer, like part of the reason I wanted to do this series was because I don't think I knew for myself like what it really meant to have a gay Christmas to make the Yuletide gay. And I was so excited to partner with you, Katie, and and the connections that you would have and connections from my life as well to start to start building like a broader understanding of what it means uh from yeah, for me and for others to to make the Yuletide gay and maybe make the whole life gay too. Well, welcome to Queer Christmas, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> it is wonderful to be here. <laughs> So Mary isn't the only parent that says yes to this as well. Joseph also says yes. So Katie, will you read for us what Joseph goes through? Absolutely. This is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 from Wilda Gaffney's A Woman's Lectionary for the Whole Church Year W. Now this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to have a child in her womb from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a just man and unwilling to shame her. He wanted to divorce her secretly, but when he deliberated this, suddenly an angel of the Most High God appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For in her is conceived a child from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what had been spoken by the Most High God through the prophet. Look now, the virgin shall conceive a child in her womb and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Most High God commanded him. He took her as his wife, yet did not know her sexually until her birthing of a son and named him Jesus. Here ends the reading. I love how here uh, Joseph Joseph does, like you said, he takes command of this too. He wants out. He thinks this whole thing is preposterous. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. And like... I I can understand someone going like, 
who are you and why are you having this child that is clearly someone else's not mine we, we shouldn't be together right like that's that's the immediate reaction and even when he is feeling that way he says you know what i'm not going to ruin everything for you let's do this quietly it's and so then kind even, like it like it shows joseph had an incredible amount of kindness and then he goes above and beyond, and through the work of the angels and this dream, chooses to have Jesus as his son, and to take on that that earthly father role for Jesus. Um, which, again, scandal, uh, tough situation. We have questions about bonding with biological children as as male parents all the time. And so, like, now you have all of these questions and it's not even his kid and he still is choosing that it's a major consent piece and a major choice of family for him that i think is often neglected in our reading of scripture i think so too i think this is perhaps maybe one of the few times of the year when we do focus on the stories of the women more than on the men and so there's part of me that like loves that, but I also think like, you know, this story of Joseph is so important as well because like everyone was going to know, like by the time they got married, I imagine she would have been showing like everyone was going to know that like something was up here and that he was still willing to trust in God to be faithful in this instance and and stand by mary and raise jesus as his own like it's really powerful well and that that places the shame on him right if he's willing to say you know what this is my child yeah then he's claiming that that he had relations with mary prior to their marriage which was a whole scandal and shenanigan as well and so for him to take that shame upon himself in order to choose something that was completely outlandish, it's it's huge um, and speaks so much to the way that God chooses us and then the way that God calls us to choose other people in our lives as well. Yeah, because this is the the radical love with which God does choose each of us, like no matter who we are, where we are, how we are, like the whole APT radical affirmation, like God loves us and it doesn't matter who our parents are, how we got here. Like we are God's kid forever. Absolutely. And that we can choose that of each other as well, that we can say, you are my family because I love you as God loves me. And as God loves you, like that's, that's radical. That's countercultural and amazing and wonderful. Yeah. And I think as well, like both of these stories, both of Mary and Joseph, like there are parallels, I think, for how queer couples may choose to become parents as well. Um, I think that the miracle of science of IVF is just stunning. And each of those is their own kind of version of an immaculate conception. Um, Even if you know where both parts are coming from. (laughs) And then for the parallel of Joseph, I think especially of people who maybe marry later in life. 
Um, I'm on a side of TikTok where there's other late bloomers. And so there's lots of people who have biological children with first spouses and are now moving into other relationships and other marriages and seeing the way that the new partner loves the um, the other partners like bio kid is really stunning and beautiful and I think is a really powerful parallel to what Joseph does. Yeah, I think that expands into uh, surrogacy and adoption as well, that same narrative, because there's so much of this is my child, but not biologically that happens um, in, in queer family building. And so to have that role model of Joseph of him saying yes to, again, this kind of weird thing, right? This isn't the supposed natural way of doing things. And so to say yes to a a different way, uh, to have that role model to look to is incredible in scripture. Yeah, like it's not the way that it was supposed to be, but it was the way that God chose it to be. Exactly, which makes it supposed to be, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's... It's so interesting. Uh, uh, there's so much interplay between the societal expectation, but then God's way um, is a is a different supposed to be a different level that tends to surprise us. Yeah, that there's so much grace and like radical expansiveness there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and of course, chosen family isn't just about kids. I think it's also the way that we were talking about in the beginning that like adults choose to show up and be there for one another. So I wonder in your life, Katie, is there like a way that you have like found your chosen family? Like, or like, what are some of the stories there about how you've become connected with the people that you now call family? I uh, have been really fortunate to collect a large number of chosen family in a variety of ways and, and largely unintentionally. Um, I firmly believe that chosen family kind of drop in your lap exactly when you need them. And, uh, my best friend in the whole world, we've known each other for almost 20 years now. And I had kind of a, a difficult family life, uh, as a preteen and teenager, my parents were in the long, slow process of divorce. And so it was just a a tough way to be at home. And so I went to my friend Deanna's house and ended up hanging out there, uh, you know, for like seven years of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, on and off, of course I would go home, but, uh, basically Deanna is my sibling now and her parents are my second set of parents. I call them my Weasleys all the time because like (laughs) Harry Potter has the Weasleys as his chosen family. Um, so they're my Weasleys and they, they've been there for me through everything else after as well. So I, I just, I'm lucky to have, uh, now that things have resolved in my bio family, have two families that are incredibly supportive. Um, but also like the, the amount of, uh, moms who have dropped into my life. Uh, on last week's episode, you'll hear from Monica Bowie, who is like one of almost, almost chosen family. We don't know each other quite well enough for that yet, but like, I suspect that Monica Bowie will be one of my chosen family moms very shortly because she's just amazing like that. And it's it is, like it's such cool. good mom vibes. Like, right. Just... Like she has, 
like such the a most joy. Yeah. Incredible mom energy. Um, and so I'm really grateful for, for all of them. But I think even my, my coworkers, I work on the office of the Bishop staff for Southwestern Texas Synod. And, uh, we, we are our own weird little family that share pretty much everything. We do drop everything for each other. So yeah, there's, there are just so many different ways to pull family together when you either don't have a, a good bio family or if you just need more support. Like there's no shame in bringing more family into your life, even if you already have one. Yeah. And I think if you're, I want to just say this explicitly too, like I think chosen family is for straight people as well. Like, right. right? <laughs> like it's for everybody. And it's, you know, and I also think about people who are geographically separated from bio family, which is like part of the reason why my husband and I are like working on building our family, like our chosen family here in Virginia, because um, a lot of my side of the family is far away. Yeah, I, I resonate that I interned in Ohio and knew absolutely no one. And we ended up with uh, some wonderful chosen queer family there as well. And, and I still miss Thanksgiving and Christmas with them, even though I'm with my own family. Like, it's it's so hard now because I'm like, I, I have chosen family and bio family and more chosen family. And how do I uh, spend time with all of them in ways that feel good and happy without feeling like I'm missing someone? It, 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 you end up missing people is what I'm saying. Uh, but it's a good thing. Our hearts go lots of different places. Yes. And our hearts expand in uh, more ways than we're told they can. Right. Just like God's heart continues to expand and, and Mary's did and Joseph's did. It's like, and right, the Grinch too. There's another good Christmas tie. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's heart can grow a three few sizes. sizes. Oh, three. I couldn't <laughs> remember the number. It might have been 10. I don't know. I'm making things up. But uh, still expansive hearts. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So what advice would you give to someone like me or someone else about finding chosen family? Like how do you, if they're not falling into your lap and you feel like you need them, like how, how might you go about finding chosen family or, or, or transitioning friends from the friend zone into the family zone? Yeah, I think uh, invitation in both directions is going to be the the simplest way to do that. Um, so, in especially because we have these these holiday events that we normally would spend with family, even if you want to spend Christmas Day with your bio family, if you have a small friendsmas party, uh, but invite some people into your life in ways that are a little more familial. And see what happens, right? They they may end up not being chosen family. They may end up being the best people in your life. Um, but I think also saying yes to other people's invitations. I think we are often hesitant because I know I'm an introvert. Uh, if people invite me out, I'm like, dude, PJ pants are on. I'm not going. Um, but I think if you if you are open to saying yes to things, whether it's someone inviting you out to a beer garden or to a holiday event or something else. If you, if you say yes and just see where that relationship goes, uh, my experience is usually you'll find those are, those are your people that invite you places and want to spend time with you and you want to spend time with them as well. Yeah. So say that yes can go a long way. 
Yes. And it takes time, right? Uh, chosen family doesn't just sprout up from the ground. Um, with my best friend, it, it took a while, right? We've known each other for a long time, <laughs> but, uh, that was a good, slow-growing relationship with my chosen family in Ohio. It was very fast, and it was because they invited us over for the holidays when we had nowhere else to go. Um, and and so that relationship built very, very quickly over family holiday uh, relationship and, and celebration and things like that. Um, and then you just end up hanging out more. And like I, my chosen family in Ohio, like we know their kid and follow their kids sports adventures. And, um, so you just, you end up, uh, really involved. So saying yes to the involvement as well is a big thing. Um, don't, don't be afraid to dive in with both feet. It is the being there for the emergency things and doing the holiday things, but then, right. I think it's also like the mundane things as well. Like whatever the sports adventures are like, those simple things, too, that maybe just a friend wouldn't come to. Yeah, or in, in the case of my Ohio folks, hey, I have a broken record console. Will you come help me fix it? Oh, <laughs> you know, like uh, ridiculous things like that are also a part of that relationship building. And again, it's it's just saying yes to those things and just going. Uh, if it doesn't feel like it's going to be negative to you, it's worth checking it out. Yeah. We uh, we have some some family here that has helped prepare our home for my mother-in-law to move in. And we're having a Christmas party here in a few weeks. And we're excited for them to be able to see her portion of the home, like, decorated with her stuff there. Like, they helped build um, and assemble this fireplace. And now this, it's like a little electronic fireplace um Mm -hmm. they aren't masons but they could probably honestly figure it out if they wanted to (laughs) (laughs) but like it's all decorated for christmas now and so like i'm so excited for them to see that and kind of have this yeah like this moment of how we've blended and how we're blending our lives here Right. And, and the people that are willing to build fireplaces with you are usually pretty familial sort of people. Yes. Right. Like, yes. That, no one builds Ikea furniture with you if they don't love you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. You got to make sure that relationship is intact at the end. <laughs> and sometimes you should not build Ikea furniture with the people you love either. But um, no. the, the willingness is a good indicator. Yeah. I love that. So I hope that this conversation has helped you to imagine both the Yuletide and family in a more expansive way, right? Because like this is the season where we celebrate and we tell the stories again about how God chooses us and chooses to be among us. Like I love that the name Emmanuel means God with us, that that's what Christmas is all about. 100%. And that that God comes to be our chosen family. God chooses us each and every time, and we have the option to consent and choose God as well. We don't have to, and it's okay if you don't, but you you get to say yes or no and engage in that relationship or not. It's, I think, in light of uh, the harm the church has been able to do to the queer community, to have that point of consent still highlighted in scripture existing in our everyday lives is such a testament to the expansive love of God. 
Like, and I also hope that All Places Together and Technicolor Ministries can be points of connection for maybe people who do want to be able to choose God, but like aren't sure how or like aren't sure if that's safe. And so if this is, you know, just if you've really only listened to this series of the podcast, like I hope that you'll listen to more, that you'll get more connected with Technicolor, like especially if you're in Texas and are able to go and be on site with Pastor Katie, um, that there can't, if you choose, like there can be safer places that are going to love you and affirm you and are going to be so excited to choose you to be part of the community. Like, and not that you have to be chosen to be a part of it, but just to make that tie in with the language that we've been using throughout the episode. Right. And that it's completely okay to come into either of our communities when you still aren't sure. You don't have to have an answer, but if you're willing to explore, we are so willing to have you and willing to choose you as well. Yeah, I don't have the answers all the time. I don't either. Yeah, so we wonder we wonder about the big questions together. I think that's 100% what faith should be. Well, thank you, Pastor Katie, for joining um, in this series and in this conversation about chosen family. It's just been such a delight to dig into scripture together and to be able to hear some of your stories as well. And thanks for having me. It's a, a great gift to be able to also hear where you're at in your chosen family journey and to discuss the ways that this has been going on for centuries and millennia. This is, this is not new. We're just rehashing a, a simple part of human existence. It's beautiful. And we will both be back for next week's episode. It's going to be a mixtape episode. And if you've never listened to one before, It's going to be great. I'm so excited to be able to share all of those stories with everyone. Prayer for Chosen Family. Holy God, womb of life, you gave birth to all creation, and throughout generations of humans, you bring each of us into life too. While so much of us comes from our birth parents, Chosen Family expands the joy to make life fuller. For those who are distant from their birth family for any reason, send chosen family to them so that they can care for one another. Deepen our relationships with each other so that we can more fully see each other and love one another. Open our hearts and homes to those we love so that we can be a safe haven to those who need it this Yuletide. Remind us that you always choose each of us, wherever, whoever, and however we are. Amen.
Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. There's one week until Christmas, and there's still time to join in the merrymaking of the Yuletide joy of All Places Together and Technicolor Ministries. Our Blue Christmas Communion is this coming Wednesday, December 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. You can RSVP to get the Zoom link on the upcoming events tab on Technicolor's website. Pastor Katie has a great setup, so you'll get instant access to the Zoom link when you RSVP. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, there's still time to come and be together with us. The Make the Yuletide Gay Advent Calendar and merch store are still live this week. The ornaments are taking about a week to arrive, so while your order may not make it in time for stuffing the stocking, it should make it while the trees are still up. And don't forget, Christmas is 12 days long, so you've got until January 5th to share presents and to make the Yuletide gay. I'm deeply appreciative of our mission partners, the Virginian Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with all places together. Thank you to those who have made year-end gifts to APT. If you're still interested in making a year-end gift, there's still time. Even small gifts of $5 or $10 have a big impact on our ministry. To give financially, just go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Here, click that button, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with us online throughout the week. Since this week is all about chosen family, I hope you'll consider sharing this episode with someone that you consider chosen family. Send them the link and say, you are family to me. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.